All right, Rafer. I, I know we've asked this question before, but I'm just going to ask it again. If you could travel back in time anywhere, who would you kill? Who would I kill? Yes. Anywhere, I, anytime. I could try. You're ta- you're ta- I could go back to the, 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 the days of the Romans. I could go back to Egypt. I could go back to... I could find Hitler in art school. Don't any anything you're just saying. Just don't kill your dad. You're going to end up in a bad time loop. Well, then I'll, then I'll disappear. Then I would disappear while playing Johnny B. Good. <laughs> uh, if I could kill anybody, that's a tough question. You know, I, I might kill. I might kill um, uh, Mike Pearl, who was a bully uh, at uh, at the Catholic school that I went to. Oh, yeah, I might kill him. Well, Mike, I hope you're actually doing fine because um, we don't, I don't. What? We don't actually have a time travel machine. <laughs> <laughs> Be very quiet. Be very quiet about this. (laughs) Okay. Well, the reason I'm asking about this is obviously because we have two time travel movies this week and a killing movie. Yes, that's right. Unfortunately, never the two shall meet. Or will they? Or will they? Or will they? We'll we'll find out in a moment. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday. And this is Movie Date. If I could turn back time, if I could find a way, I'd take back those words that'll hurt you, and you'd stay. So the the, fir- the first, perhaps least likely, time travel movie on our list is Freebirds. Tell tell us tell us about this movie, and does it involve Leonard Skinner? <laughs> You know what? It does not involve Leonard Skinner. The song as... is never in there. Freebirds is not in the Freebird is not in the movie anywhere. Oh God, was it? And I fell asleep during that part. Oh, oh I'm playing my cards. Now All right. Know. So let me tell you the premise of Freebirds. I love the premise. We have the pardoning of the Thanksgiving turkey at the White House with the president. I, I've always loved that tradition. But whatever happens to that turkey after it's pardoned? Supposedly, right. supposedly it lives a very relaxed, lush life. But this movie says no. That turkey, after it's pardoned, travels back in time and tries to stop the first Thanksgiving 400 years ago. It it hangs out with wild turkeys, the natives, and it has adventures that may or may not affect the future. Here's a clip. Whoa, whoa. Uh, I'm not really the baby-holding type. It's easy. Even a super-advanced future turkey can do it. Oh, she wants you to throw up some worms into her mouth. What girl wouldn't? All right, that's Owen Wilson with Amy Poehler, who's kind of the wild turkey going native 400 years ago turkey. Okay. And the voice of Woody Harrelson is also in this animated children's movie. Right. And I'm just going to keep this brief here. This movie's awful. (laughs) Really? Because on the one hand, I mean... On the one hand, I like the idea. It's a it's a pretty good voice cast. I like the I like the idea of the adventures of the pardoned Thanksgiving turkey. That's funny. The time travel thing sounds like an extra layer that maybe didn't need to be there. Also, why would you want to go back and ruin Thanksgiving? Okay, Thanksgiving that's, is awesome. That's Isn't a really it good point. One of the universal holidays that we all appreciate and love. And it, I, I, I not I, if you're a Native American, perhaps. Mm, I, yeah, there are a lot of people who are going to probably hate Thanksgiving after yeah. watching this movie. This the British? <laughs> Maybe they probably don't care that much, but people, I mean... People who hate gratitude. 
<laughs> but you're right. You're right that it is a it is a strange. It's a slightly strange idea. It's like trying to stop. It's the kind of thing a villain would do. It's the kind of thing a villain in another children's movie would do. You stop Christmas or the Fourth of July or Thanksgiving oh. or somebody's oh. birthday or something, right? You, you know, know what I mean? What? Now I'm gonna try to rethink about it. If if this is seen as a villainous movie, you might actually enjoy it. Also, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes you have to just reframe things to enjoy them more. I'm just going to say boring, predictable. Oh. None, none of the character relationships are likable or there's no bonding. You don't feel anything for anyone in this movie. It actually reminded me of the movie Avatar. A guy goes native in another culture. Oh, yeah. Only unlike Avatar, there's no special effects, just the really crappy, crappy storyline. <laughs> I just, oh, <laughs> I thought this movie was terrible. Uh, Bad. It's... Bad, bad, bad date. And why, why am I not surprised that another children's movie would be not that funny or interesting or enjoyable? It was terrible. Not surprised at all. Okay. Uh, well, I'll trade you. I've got uh, Ender's Game for you. Uh, Which I, you were looking forward to, weren't I you? I was really looking forward to, as as have sci-fi geeks uh, around the world since about whatever that book came out in the early 80s. Uh, it actually started out as a short story that became a novel. Orson Scott Card is the novelist. Ender's Game is this kind of... Uh, it's I, I would call it a sci-fi classic. It, it may not be Invisible Man or you know Fahrenheit 451, but it is definitely a classic sci-fi novel about a young boy in the future. He's training to become possibly Earth's great savior, kind of a, a warrior, tactician, strategist, general, a leader, essentially, who might help Earthlings battle the Formics, an alien race of bug-like creatures, I would say that uh, Earth and the Formics have been locked in this uh, horrible battle for decades and decades. Harrison Ford plays uh, uh, Hiram Graff, who is his uh, kind of drill sergeant, mentor, instructor. Viola Davis is in the cast as the more sympathetic. Uh, sort I love of, her. She's sort, of the, she's sort of the school psychiatrist or the, or the, the military psychiatrist, if you will. And uh, Ender, played by Aza Butterfield, is going through training. He's trying to see if uh, he can be a team leader, uh, hone his tactical skills, Here's a clip. Tell you, he's the one. Deploy all drones. Fire! He's gonna crush him. My car fired directly up into the ice. Now! Never seen anyone do that. Still think he's not ready? Ooh, that sounds like a video game. Well, that's... that's, that's... And you know what's fun to watch? Someone else playing a video game. <laughs> this movie looks bad. I'm sorry, Ray. For Does this. it look bad to you? To me, it looks bad, but I didn't see it. You saw it. I saw it. Uh, well, here's the thing. I, it's funny about Ender's Game. It was, it was in some ways, super prescient, uh, even coming out after kind of the, you know, the video game, the, or the arcade game explosion had already happened in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, but again, the idea came around in the late 70s when he wrote it. So the novel comes out in the early 80s, and it's pretty prescient. It's about these kids, little kids, by the way, little kids. They're like nine, some of them. And Ender is, looks like he's about nine or ten. Little kids raised on video games who will become our future soldiers. Ooh, just like real life. That, is, that, that essentially came true. That is now the truth. Um, I think one problem with this movie is that that idea is now so true that it no longer looks like science fiction. It's not that interesting to see a kid holding a, 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 an iPad in the future and kind of <laughs> tilting it back and forth. And there, there, was, there was a moment where... Um, Ender says to Harrison Ford, have you been blocking my emails? And I just thought, your emails? 
Are you guys still? Who uses st- email anymore? In the in the future, in the distant future, you guys. No Don't one you even just blink your eyes and then you tilt right, your head a little bit, right. and somebody already reads your mind. Oh, come on. Uh, you and they and of course they have again. Not very interesting. The uh, as you you complained about this in Carrie, Kristen. Uh, you you complained about Carrie in the remake of Carrie, uh, waving her arms in her telekinetic scene as though she looked like Tom Cruise in Minority Report. Mm, uh, moving this those movie, hologram screens, yeah. Right. This movie is a lot of Minority Report. There's a lot of a lot of Asa Butterfield uh, waving his arms back and forth, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, commanding the troops, blah blah blah. Uh, the movie has a twist the way that old science fiction books used to have a central twist uh, that I don't think uh, hits home very hard. And, uh, you know, ultimately, it's just not that interesting to see kids training for a battle. I think especially after you've seen Hunger Games and Harry Potter and Quidditch, you can see why they made this movie now, finally, because all we ever want to do is see kids beat each other up on oh, screen. Oh, yeah, let's see them kill each other right. in so the you, future. But no one ever does actually... Uh, the, the the stakes in the training games are pretty low, unlike Hunger Games, until push kind of comes to shove, by which time I have to say I was pretty sick of the movie and I was actually really bored. <laughs> um, and so that's a bummer because, you know, I was looking forward to what they might be able to do with this movie. But ultimately, I would say it was not a very good date. Mm, not good date. Yeah. Not I'm sorry. Date. I'm sorry no, about that. No, nothing to be sorry about. It's OK. I'm glad <laughs> wow. I missed the screening now. I'm really glad I missed it. All right. So we're O for 2. Let's yeah. let's see what we can do with about time. Kristen, tell us tell us about about Time. Do you know what it's about? I do. Know, I know what it's about. <laughs> it's about time. About time. It's about time we talk about about time. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, that's rich. <laughs> oh, I'm cracking myself up over here. All right. So about time we have. You're going to pronounce this guy's name for me, Donald. Donald. It's 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 spelled. Uh, let me see if I. It's an Irish name. D O M. H N A L L L, I think. Yeah, but it's pronounced Donald. Donald Gleason. He's the son of uh, Brendan Gleason. Do you know him? Yes, of yeah, course. Character I do. actor. He always plays uh, the drunk Irish guy. Exactly. And sometimes he's a cab driver. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great, a great movie he was in with Don Cheadle not too long ago called The Guard. If you ever get a chance yes. to rent, yeah. rent that, it's fantastic. Really and he's, good. He's just he just he he's on fire in that movie. Anyway, Donald Gleason. Donald that's Gleason. His name. Yes, Donald Gleason plays a young man who learns from his father, played by Bill Nighy, that. He and all the men in his family have the ability to time travel. All all they have to do is go into a dark place, like a closet, hold their hands in tight little fists, and think about where they want to go in time. Um, Now, our protagonist, Donald... Tim. Tim Lake is his name in the film. Tim decides that he wants to use his special time traveling abilities to make love work in his favor. But first, let's play a clip. The men in the family can travel in time. Well, more accurately, travel back in time. We can't travel into the future. Although it's not as dramatic as it sounds. It's only in my own life. I can only go to places where I actually was and can remember. I can't kill Hitler or shag Helen of Troy, unfortunately. Okay, stop. If it's true... Which it is. Which it isn't. But if it was, how would I actually... how is the easy bit, in fact. All right. So as we learn in that clip, you can't actually go back in time with this uh, ability here to kill Hitler. Right. Unlike our dreams, we can't go back to that schoolyard, that Catholic schoolyard, and kill your <laughs> kill your old friend there. I totally right? would, though. I totally would do that. 
Um, yeah, so you can't do that. You can't uh, you can't shag Helen of Troy, as Bill Nye says. More more is the pity. Um, right, and so Tim Tim decides once he meets this fetching young creature, an American uh, creature named Mary. He just played by uh, Rachel McAdams. He decides he's going to uh, make everything go perfectly with his time travel gift. Now, Kristen. I know that you are a fan of uh, uh, Richard Curtis, uh, even if you don't know exactly his name off the top of your head. Love Actually, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Notting Hill, Bridget Jones' Diary, Pirate Radio, a lesser known one of his, but it fits it fits in with the his his ballpark there. Um, Love feels so good, boy. We can you all we can all have it, and it can feel so good for all of us. It sure does, boy. Uh, but you love all those movies. Except for Notting Hill. Except, oh, really? You didn't like Notting Hill? Oh, no. No me gusta. You know what happens huh? there? You have a mean, 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 bitchy American actress. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and she gets rewarded with this nice guy. I don't un- I don't understand how she even wins him over. She's such a jerk. Oh, that's interesting. Well, here's another. Here, yeah, I mean, here again, we have another American woman and the British guy. Not Hugh Grant. Uh, Donald Gleason is stepping into the Hugh Grant role, doing a lot of charming stuttering and uh, awkwardness. Although somehow his he always finds his tongue when it's time to make an earnest, heartfelt speech about love and life and, and loss and all oh, that stuff. Oh, he sure does. He sure does. <laughs> oh, yes. you, you love it, oh don't you, God. Kristen? I'm smiling from ear to ear right oh, now. You know God. what? You know, give me your phone number. Oh, you know what? This phone, up until a few minutes ago, I thought was so crap, but now it's the most important thing I own. Yes, actual line from the movie. Yes, yes. Oh, God. And Kristen's heart melts. Oh, yes. God. Oh. Would that line really work in the real life? It, it's he, he, Hold on. Would stalking a woman and going back over and over again to meet her the first time work? Right. Well, that, that, is, the one, that is the one funny funny moment to me in the film is when uh, Tim, uh, a few things have gone wrong. Tim has misplayed his hand, basically, and missed a few opportunities, and he meets Mary again. In a uh, for some strange reason, she's a Kate Moss fan, which just struck me as it's like why so would you weird? Yeah, it's like a it's a running thing in the film, and I just thought, what is that supposed to tell me about this woman that she's obsessed with yesterday's shallow celebrity? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't like how, how is that supposed to endear this woman to me? Uh, anyway, so he goes to a Kate Moss event of some sort, a Kate Moss photography exhibit, runs into Mary and her new boyfriend, sits them sits them down talks to them very innocently and friendly and says, so what did you two meet? But what did you meet exactly? Ex- ex- exactly wh- when and where did you meet? Uh, which what I thought was funny. the exact address? <laughs> right. <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, but here's my complaint about Richard Curtis, all of Richard Curtis's stuff. It makes you feel too happy. Nothing bad ever happens to anyone. It, Richard it Curtis makes you so happy. He loves these characters so much that he can't bear to do anything bad to them, put them in any kind of serious problem, make them face any hard reality. He can't. He can barely even give them a, a mild obstacle to overcome. And after a while, I just feel like, oh, dash it all! This is so charming. <laughs> Can't you can't you see what I'm trying to say? I love you. Do you really like me? I do. Oh oh oh! oh bloody bugger. hell! I do. Oh, I love you. Oh, I, 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 I love you. Damn it! It's just it's just people sitting around just charming the pants off each other. So, I just feel like I get I just get sick of it. I get sick of it. They are charming. I do like Donald Gleason. I think he's really good in this role. I love Rachel McAdams. I mean, you can't help but get lost oh, in those just adorable those big eyes brown of hers. Eyes. Oh my God! Right? I mean, they're they're great looking. Bill Nye is great. I love Bill Nye. He's wonderful as always. Um, but I mean, it's 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 not even a movie. It's just it's just one it's just one long cozy tea. 
You know, and oh, after a while, I just, I got, delicious I just got really sick of it. Not all of us want hard liquor all the time, Rafer. You well, know, yeah. I well. mean, I know you like your two fingers of scotch, but sometimes you just want a nice cozy cup of tea. I guess that's You want to put true. on your bathrobe well, and cuddle. Here's your movie. And, you know, I mean, Richard Curtis has clearly found his wheelhouse. I mean, he, you know, he, do, he does nothing but churn these movies out. They make great money at the box office. So if you, if you like, if you like his other films, I think you will definitely like uh, About Time. If you don't. Like like me, you will find this a pretty a pretty a pretty insufferable date. <laughs> Not horrible, was, but just pretty exasperating. Fantastic date. I loved. I bounced right out of the theater, and I thought, oh, it's about time. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you would. Oh, I knew you would. I thought that there was some tiny modicum of a chance that you might be charmed too. No, I was. I mean, I mean, you know, it's 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 hard. You know, it's hard. It's hard when people are just pouring that charm all over your head, not to oh. let a little bit of it, you know, get into your hair. But I mean, oh. anyway. All right. Delicious date. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to switch gears briefly. Um, uh, one of the other big releases this year is Last Vegas. Uh, this is a retirement age bromance, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. It's, it's about four childhood friends who go to the city of Sin for a bachelor party. It's got uh, the movie's big selling point is its cast. It stars four Oscar winners, uh, Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, Michael Douglas, Kevin Klein. But there's also a fifth Oscar winner in this film, Mary Steenburgen. She won for Best Supporting Actress uh, in the 1980 comedy drama Melvin and Howard, off, an offbeat film uh, that I feel like very few people have, have seen these days. But she won the Oscar for that. Kristen, you sat down with Steenburgen. Um, she plays a lounge singer in Las Vegas, and it turns out that it's a role for which she didn't actually have to stretch that much. Uh, in a moment, we're going to hear Kristen's interview with the Oscar-winning actress, Mary Steenburgen. It's just you and I Not a sound There's not one side Mary Steenburgen, Oscar-winning actress. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kristen. First of all, just the most obvious question. When you get five Oscar winners together (laughs) in Las Vegas, all five of you... Do you just feel obligated to get up to no good because you just because you can? Oh, that's such a good question. I thought you were going to say, "Do we sit around talking about our Oscars?" Which, of course, <laughs> you, we you just do you not. just polish your statues. <laughs> look at my statue. Oh yeah, look at my mm, statue. My, wonder how much I could get for this at the craps table. Um, just joking. I think I think we didn't even realize we were all five Oscar winners until somebody pointed it out to us on the set, and it. It was. It kind of came as a surprise to everyone. What was really surprising to me, though, was that none of these guys had ever worked together. The only two people that had worked together at all were Kevin Klein and myself briefly in uh, the movie Life as a House. But those guys had never worked together. Um, as for no good, I we didn't get up. To, <laughs> we were very boring because – like most actors, we have to be at work at five in the morning and we have to be relatively sober and sane and, uh, you know, able to remember our lines. So I can't say we tore up Vegas because we didn't. So you didn't do any gambling? We did a little gambling. I think I actually left when I had won $80. Well, $80 <laughs> is pretty good though. Well, I just, I have this like, you know, Arkansas girl in me that's still, uh, you know, I'm just I can't throw money away like that. I, there's always something good to do with it, and and I just 
can't justify it. <laughs> just mentioned Arkansas Girl, which I'm glad you brought up because you're friends with Hillary and Bill Clinton. Right. Of course, Hillary's from Chicago, but um, we claim her in Arkansas because she um, came down there, you know, as a young woman and was first lady of this state. And that's when I met her. But Bill, uh, Bill and I, I think in many ways are very, we have similar backgrounds and Arkansas is incredibly important to both of us. And in fact, the three of us used to go eat years ago in a Mexican restaurant called Juanita's in Little Rock. And um, just recently, um, I joined with my niece, Amy Bell, and her husband, Chef Matt Bell, and we opened a restaurant in that space where Bill and Hillary and I used to oh, wow. hang out. What kind of um, restaurant? It's called South on Main, and our partner is Oxford American Magazine, which is a great literary magazine. And so we have blues and jazz, and we would love for you guys to maybe come down there sometime and make a trip. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I might take you up on that, so yeah, watch South out. on Main and Little Rock. <laughs> Now, I'm I'm really glad you also brought up culture and music and so on because in this new movie, you're not just an actress. In Las Vegas, you actually do your own singing and you wrote one of the songs. Um, you know, I'd, I've never had a lot of confidence in, in my singing voice and I've not had any particular reason to. I don't think – I've certainly not pursued it very much. I sang many years ago in a film called The Butcher's Wife and then I never sang again until – um, I think I sang in the last episode of Bored to Death, Ted's wonderful HBO series that still should be on TV in my opinion. But when I read this part, I just thought, okay, I have to confront my fear of singing. I have to work at it. And then with um, Jeremy Spillman and Jared Crump, I wrote the song Cup of Trouble. And it's much easier for me to sing a song that I've written because I write for my own range. Um and from what I understand, you've written a lot of songs, right? So, so I have a, str- <laughs> I've had a little strange secret for quite some years now, and I, I deliberately didn't ever talk about it publicly um, before now because some years ago, we're not sure why. Uh, it could be some theorize it's the result of a surgery I had on my arm and going under general anesthetic, and perhaps some little neuron somewhere got. Opened up. I don't. I'm sure that's a deeply unscientific term, but there is a book by Dr. Oliver Sacks, who I know. Oh, has, we love him. He's been I on our know, show many been, times. So he's written a book called Musicophilia, and um, and as far as I can tell, I guess that's what happened to me. It's a person who has a normal relationship to music, who because of some interruption in the brain or some in, – in his book, there are people that get struck by lightning or in, – in my case, I think it was literally just this surgery because it was after that that I started feeling very strange and feeling almost as if I was listening to music all day long and all night long, which was the hard part. It took me quite a few months to figure out how to sleep. I couldn't sleep. And then when I finally looked in the mirror one day and went, this is it. You know, this is not going to change. You've got to figure out how to incorporate this into your life. And then I finally started writing songs and kind of 
crafted out of what I heard in my head about 15 or 20 songs, and uh, Universal Music Publishing Group signed me to a publishing deal. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, just one last question. You've played a lot of romantic leads in your life, many, many different versions of the romantic lead. You've played kind of the, the sweet girl version, like in Back to the Future, Doc's girlfriend, Pioneer girlfriend, and you played kind of saucier ones like Johnny Depp's older lover and What's Eating Gilbert Grape <laughs> or Alec Baldwin's MILF obsession on 30 Rock. <laughs> Do you prefer to play the saucy or the sweet gal? Uh, saucy is way more fun. Um, and um, um, But you know what I love about Las Vegas and the character I got to play in it is – um, we, I won't spoil the movie by saying who my character ends up with, but it is interesting to have the dialogue that's romantic dialogue of older people that, and you realize, or I realize that when I played romance when I was younger, so much of it was about coyness or about game playing or about, um, it's like a cat and mouse game. And when you're older, there is something to be said for saying what you want and saying what you know what your goal is in life and what you what you like in a person and just telling a person that you flat out like them and there was something very lovely to me about my character because i felt like she spoke with a voice that matched my age and i really liked that oh well i thought you were terrific in the movie i loved i I laughed and laughed and laughed during this movie. As I was saying to you out in the hallway before this, I, I was laughing so hard that one of the people in the theater leaned over and said, will you please shut up, lady, so the rest of us can hear what the characters are saying in the movie. You're just laughing too much. So and I lady, loved it. by the way, you are banned from all comedies for all time, <laughs> whoever you are. I loved it. And, well, and you, Kristen, may come to any of mine. Thank you very much. Well, thanks so much for coming in today, Mary. We loved having you. Thanks. Very jealous. Oh, she was so lovely, Rafer. I'm very jealous. She was, I have... so, she was so sweet. She was so lovely. Afterward, I, I said thank you so much and shook her hand. And she said, oh, Kristen, can I actually give you a hug? Oh, that's nice. She was so sweet. We talked about our moms. We talked about other things off mic that just, I mean, just she was the sweetest. She's one of the sweetest, sweetest, sweetest actors I've ever met. I've always had a soft spot for her ever since I saw her in one of my favorite films, Time After Time, with her, uh, I'm not sure if it was her then husband, but certainly future husband, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Um, she's been in a few time travel movies. She ha- right, right. You were saying that. Um, that's one of my favorites. But you were telling me that she actually has a reputation for being kind of hot. Oh, yeah. Some people, Which, some people think she's a MILF. And you know what? Meeting her in real life, I was like, oh, she's gorgeous. That's interesting. I she's never thought gorgeous. of her that way. I always, I always liked her as an actress, but I never thought of her as sort of as a hottie. Maybe if she hugged you, you'd change your mind. <laughs> Maybe I would. <laughs> Look what I missed. Look what I missed. Uh, okay. We're going to close out with trivia as always. Uh, Kristen, tell... Tell the listeners what our new trivia policy is. So we got the suggestion from Craig and Laura in Chicago. Chicago, one of my favorite cities. Yeah, you love Chicago. I love Chicago. Your yeah. kind of town. We got, we got, 
<laughs> it is. It's right. our kind of town. <laughs> they suggested, and I think this is a great suggestion, and you think it's a great suggestion, that we should take all of the trivia answers that come in each week and then randomly pick a winner. Um, up until now, we've been usually choosing the first one that comes in. Right. And uh, they they suggested, you know, this way people don't have to beat themselves up if they don't call in right away when the podcast is released on Fridays. We think that's a great suggestion. So that is our new policy. We announced it on our Facebook page this last week, and we want to announce it on the podcast as well. Always feel free to call in or write in all the way up until as late as you want to. Yeah, as late as you want to. Yeah, 5717movies. Call us anytime. Yes. We're always open. (laughs) And always feel free to log on to facebook.com slash movie date podcast. So last week, in honor of the terrible, terrible movie, The Counselor, which is about an attorney, we asked you to identify the actor in the following clip and what the movie clip is. This is somebody playing an attorney. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I know you've spent all morning listening to Mr. Broigo talk. I know you're hungry. What I need to tell you won't take very long at all. I don't like Alexander Cohen. And lots of right answers this week, but we randomly drew Megan from Fort Worth. Megan says, I believe the answer to the October 25th podcast is Keanu Reeves in The Devil's Advocate. Correcto. And and let's just make clear here. He really does play the devil's advocate in this movie. (laughs) He is an attorney defending the devil. His client, of course, played by Al Pacino. (laughs) If you have not seen that movie, rent it right this very minute. (laughs) The acting is incredible. As you can can tell. Everything about it is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And and what's this week's trivia question, Raper? This week's trivia, so since we've been talking so much about... uh, Time travel, and most time travel movies involve some kind of machine, whether it's a DeLorean or a hot tub. You usually have some kind of device that helps you uh, travel through time. About Time, this new movie, did not. There's no machine involved. You don't see many movies like that where you can just, where the no machine is involved for time travel. But we thought of two. They both, by sheer coincidence, happen to star Christopher Reeve. If you can name those two machineless time travel films give us a call 5717 movies or as always log on to facebook.com slash movie date podcast and a reminder we've launched a new feature called movie therapy so as always feel free to call us or write us with any movie related questions you have especially questions that might relate to your personal lives and movies that you'd like to be prescribed to help you through those little personal hurdles in your life. The more personal, the better. Oh, yeah. We love your personal stuff. We love it. 